0: Hello, and welcome to Life with Francie podcast, a place where you will find all types of conversation like self-love, self-care, trauma, hobbies, and more. With this podcast, I want to create a place where we support one another in business and personal life. Hope you enjoy this episode. Now, let's get this show started. On today's episode, I have the pleasure to speak to Jay Stamatellos, <laughs> <laughs> and I found him through potmatch and I'm so excited to start this conversation with him. He is a professional coach who helps uh, people break out of fear so they can share their gifts with the world. His work focuses on anxious insecurity, a chronic feeling of not being enough, regardless of how much we achieve. So I can't wait to start this conversation with him. So welcome to the show, Jay, and tell us what's life with you.
1: Well, thank you so much, Francie. It's so nice being here. And I don't know, life with me is generally, generally good, but it's generally busy. This has been a uh, it's been a lot you know both uh as just still coming off the pandemic you know people still we're all still recovering and it's it seems like we're in a never-ending state of flux and i say that both as you know my personal life it feels that way but also professional life and just constant change and it's just you know trying to keep up with it all but things are pretty good
0: good so okay so i say like i'm like the queen of anxiety because (laughs) i i i was introduced to anxiety about seven years ago Mm -hmm. and then from there i'm like looking for all the resources and tools to help me out to uh, finally not have a panic attack And it's been a year. And then after I celebrated, I had an anxiety. But uh, tell us a little bit about your story, you know, how um, you started with your mission.
1: So right. So I think the touch on anxiety, or at least the way because that was my background, too, was very severe, but it was most of mine came from a lot of self Uh, self-criticism and self-loathing is that was how I motivated myself to do things It's how I stayed on it's how I felt a big pressure to achieve a lot of things and you know what's more motivating than feeling like your self-worth is eternally on the line so I used to my my, I've done this job for about 10 years but before that I worked in counterterrorism and emergency management and that that was one thing i really liked the job you know people say well wasn't it stressful i'm like yeah but i liked it i mean that that was a selling point for me but it was i i did have a period where i had my own personal breakdown my own personal kind of you know you could call it awakening you could call it a uh, there's all these names it was a really crappy time where i had to re completely Mm -hmm. reevaluate my life and Doing that allowed me to really see kind of how, um, I don't want to say broken, how it, it, felt like, it felt like if you're always making payments from a bank account, but you're never putting money back in, at some point that account is going to hit zero. And you don't know when that day is like, if you're, if you don't know the exact number you have in your bank account, but you're still making those charges, you're still doing that exact same stuff. Every time you make a purchase, there's a bit of a fear. Is this going to hit zero? And for me, emotionally, that's what it felt like is I was constantly making payments for myself physically, mentally, emotionally, without putting anything back in so. That going through that experience and being lucky enough to have good people around me who helped me through that allowed me to realize why I was doing that, and allowed me to really find the thing that was missing in my life, which was having a healthy sense of compassion and a, you know starting to learn, well what would it look like to have a healthy relationship with myself, where I don't see myself as an enemy I want to defeat, but rather an ally I want to help? If I were to view myself as my own ally how would that change how I live and and how I make decisions? And that's what changed a lot for me. And so, you know, when we, when we talk about things like anxiety, I look at those things as symptoms. You know, it's, well, why are we feeling this way? What's going on here? And for the population I work with, which is primarily, as you said, people feel like they're never enough no matter how much they achieve. They put tons of pressure on themselves and, you know, they can be anything from, you know, six figure people who are making all this money they achieved all the things but they still feel terrible to someone who has failure to launch and is so self-critical they can't even get started it's re <clears throat> reworking that relationship with ourselves to ask you know well how are you driving yourself what is the motivation and how can we change it into something better
0: yeah um i have heard of like seeing an anxiety as the uh, like a sign of something being off within you. Uh, So it's more like a warning, like, Hey, come back to your body. Something is not right. Um, What can you do to make it better? You know? And as a, a high achiever, Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine, you know, because I, I have the my anxiety comes from like not uh failing but actually succeeding. Mm. <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm uh, used to chaos. Right. So like I have to keep the chaos in in you know for me to keep going. Um so yeah, so uh how are some tools or things that have helped you?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing that has helped me is really trying to understand the why, you know, why do I feel this way and what's going on? And, you know, so the point you're bringing up, I think is really common, especially for those of us who work in emergency services or anything or have or are attracted to those fields. There's something comfortable about Chaos. I remember I was, I was at a meeting and I was talking about, you know, my work and what I did. And this woman came up to me and she's married to a, a public safety director who worked in emergency management, who is my old field. And she said, you know, you sound so much like my husband and especially your past, because if he doesn't have a real emergency to solve, he will create an emergency to solve because he needs that chaos. And so now I look at that and instead of saying oh well okay well let's let's figure out how to do that yeah let's give you healthy chaos and instead of saying well that's bad we should move from that I've really adopted a new approach of really getting curious about that well why is that what have you gone through in your life that makes that chaos necessary because it can be so many things it can be a way to avoid something it could be a, a constant distraction it could be something that you physically need that i need this this shot of adrenaline all the time because when i was a kid that's just that's a household i grew up in or that's the way it was and then we can kind of and this really connects with internal family systems which is the main modality i use of just going in what is those parts of you that want that chaos why do they want it and if we could help them would they maybe be interested in letting you relax like, do they like? Do they really like the chaos or do they just feel like it has to be here? A lot of times they feel like, well, I, yeah, if I could let this go, I would, but right now I feel like I need it. And so we could lean into that and just be really curious. And so curiosity, I think, is something, I guess it's not really a tool. It's more of like a way to look at the problem as, well, I wonder why this is the way I am. Like, I wonder why. Instead of trying to dive into it and give into it or change it, I wonder why and just see where that path leads you if that makes sense
0: mm-hmm. and one of the uh questions that you have is like why do you, many of us like live in constant self-criticism right i know i'm guilty <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so i think you know trying to answer that question is trying to like ask well, why does a thunderstorm exist you know there's so many different things that go into it but for me, the broad strokes really are, I think the biggest problem we have as a culture is isolation. Mm-hmm. And so the, the thing that of all the data I've done, of, of all the data I've researched and all the things I've read, the thing that I've learned most is that the, the quickest way to soothe, to feel calm, to be at peace is to feel connection with others. There's a theory called social baseline theory where it asserts, you know, for other animals, they they adopted to a climate, you know, uh, like penguins are built for the Arctic and, you know, birds are built for the sky and and a lion is built for the plains. whatever. If you take that same analogy, humans are built to be around other humans. We actually exert less energy in our nervous system when we're around others, especially people who we feel closer to. If, you, if you're looking at a hill, they did a study and they asked people, you know, how hard do you think it would be to climb up the hill? And if people were by themselves, they gave one answer. But then if they had a friend with them, they said, how hard do you think it would be to climb up? But they're like, oh, that'd be, that'd be easier. I could do that. It, it completely changes the way we engage in the world, feeling connected. And so I think for the population I work with, which was me too, And maybe even still is me to some degree, because, you know, we're all walking this path is. Do I feel (sighs) like I'm good enough to have connection?
0: Mm. Because
1: there's, I think for a lot of people, if you bring them, if you say, okay, let's bring everyone together for some people that will be very good. But for other people, I I don't want to do that because everyone's just going to see how imperfect I am. Everyone's going to see the flaws that I see and I need to fix those before I'm able to really be seen for who I am and before I can really connect. And so what I view my job is, is to say, well, let's help you repair that relationship with yourself. Let's help you switch out of that constant self-criticism because right now that self-criticism actually is trying to help you. It's trying to say, look, I see these, I see these flaws and I want you to belong. I need you to get better. If you could fix this, 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 and this, then maybe you'll be good enough to belong. Like, even though it's a very critical voice, it's not our enemy. It's trying to keep us safe in the way it knows how. And if we can work with that, acknowledge the good intent and say, well, you know, let's shift this. Maybe let's bring a little bit more compassion and let's find out why this, you know, where did this critical voice learn to engage with you this way? Can we help it relax? Can we maybe even help some of the wounds that are under this? people start to soften up and then what i've seen in my work is as i help people heal their self-relationship automatically their external relationships start to change and it's you know i'll have someone come in and say you know i haven't dated anyone for years but i got someone's number the other day or like you know i haven't i haven't called my i haven't seen my grandma in in a couple months but you know i, I, I spent saturday at her house like they'll, they'll make these just offhand comments That in my mind I'm going, okay, so now there's less fear about connecting, there's less self-rejection. You are allowing yourself to be seen. And really that's that self-relationship is the root of it all because at least for me, I think we all want to be loved for who we are. But you can't be loved for who you are until you're able to be seen for who you are. And you can't be seen for who you are until you're able to take off your own mask, because only you can do that. And that's what I try to help with
0: holy moly and I like I can see that you know (laughs) I try not to but like in every single situation like I I can see myself and how it has worked in my path you know because I start a self-love journey Mm -hmm. and I'm a year and a half in yeah of loving myself being more uh self-aware and things like that. And he has helped me with my relationships around me, where my environment is so awesome at the moment. Right. And I'm like, how the heck did I get here? Like, (laughs) they haven't changed, you know, Right. but it has been me because of my reaction. I'm giving myself more compassion. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to give it to other people as well. Because, like, once again, being in the danger zone. Mm -hmm. all the time you just feel triggered by air if anything can be a trigger so yeah coming back uh to self so do you have like a program where you help Mm -hmm. people through a group or more of a one-on-one coaching
1: right now more one-on-one and though i'm very open to groups and i'm exploring that um It's really, the main modality I use right now is internal family systems, which is this, it's a trauma informed modality, it's evidence based, and it just, you know, if you've ever said, oh, there's a part of me that feels this way, there's a part of me feels this way, it gives us a way to work with all of that, and bring compassion out from the inside out. And then I'm also a huge fan of self compassion, which just really looks at retraining how do we engage with ourselves consciously. And on top of that, things like meditation and emotional skills training and learning how to articulate your needs and, you know, looking for places in your life where you can start to bring more of your truth into it, which will bring more of that vulnerability, which will bring more of that honest connection. But it's more, I kind of follow the person system where they're at, but having those two big my two big tools for sure are ifs and self-compassion and everything else is sprinkled on as needed and it's i mean that using that combination has done more than any other combination i've seen in 10 years of doing this work
0: wow yeah that's awesome
1: yeah Uh... i am curious what you know first being a year and a half into this journey, which I applaud you on, is there anything that you have found especially difficult?
0: Um, in like loving myself? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like, it, it, even in the year and a half, it hasn't been like, Oh, I love myself now. Everything yeah, is rainbows right. and flowers and everything else. But uh yeah, uh the self criticism is really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, judgment about everything and anything but now I am a little bit more understanding where I try to go back uh, like if I'm um, um my last uh, interview well by the time this records is going to be like a few uh, yeah. interviews back I got triggered on mm. um, and that because of trauma Mm-hmm. And I was able to keep going through the interview by soothing myself. So I'm more self-aware instead of going, oh, like, look at you, stupid bitch. Excuse my language. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you ruined this. This is, this is it. Like, you need to go and hide ne- and never let anybody see you again. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm having a moment. This was tough, but it's Okay. I acknowledge it and let's move on. I wasn't able to do that before. Right. So um I'm I'm still, I will have my moments. It depends, especially like at work. At work, I'm still, I'm still working on that self-love and self-aware because yeah. the environment is so toxic. And uh so I'm I'm easy to go into anger or judgment or like why are you still here you should be gone you should be doing this you should be doing that but um having um I say it's like a survival kit Mm -hmm. but for my mental health which is like breathing walk it out dance it out ask for support if I can't do it myself um, have a, my warrior playlist or give me life playlist on Spotify. So having those that structure, it helps me out more uh, yeah. when when I'm not feeling OK or when I'm going back into self-criticism. And like I'm really like uh, promoting self-love now because it makes a huge difference when you're dealing with your loved one living, dealing with a toxic environment like I am at work, you know, so yeah, I'm like, I'm all for self love now.
1: (laughs) No, that's great. I mean, but it also. So if there is a book I I would, uh, if you'd be okay with me recommending, I would love to recommend No Bad Parts by Dick Schwartz, who's the guy who really pushed, um, led the, the crusade for IFS back in the 1980s. And you know if you're familiar with the the book the body keeps the score yeah <laughs> ifs has its own chapter in there and it's all that stuff and it's i think even um Bessel van der Kolk i think is primarily using ifs now with clients as well so it really is it's a way of working with those traumas cuz you know why i commend you with everything you're talking about but two at the same time i'm hearing like wow that's a long list that's like you really got to be on it to, to to like you know self-regulate on top too and it's and that's hard and it's oh, yeah. you know <laughs> and you know if there could be a way that we could release some of that tension from the inside you know would that be something you'd be interested in. And it's just because I, I know so few other modalities, I think EMDR, I've heard people having success with this, um, maybe some definitely somatic somatic work I've seen people have a lot of success with. But you know, any of this real emotion heavy trauma work is really what I think is the next step that's been missing for so long of, of going beyond let's just manage it instead of just managing this, how can we actually heal this and let it go? So that's maybe 10% of it was not, you know, because like 100% to 80% for most of us feels amazing. Oh my God, I have this 20%. But if we could take that twenty, that 80% all the way down to like 10, I mean, that would be life-changing. And I really think that these new, they're not new, but this, maybe new wave in the way we're thinking about emotional health of it's not just the mind it's not just the body it's the feeling and it's the relationships has potential to let us get to that point where you know something could come up that would normally be triggering for you and you could just oh well that's here okay and then there's no major reaction from the inside
0: yeah, I didn't think that that was possible. <laughs> I really didn't. Uh, two years ago, before I hired my mentor, it was breakdown after breakdown. Right. Like she used to get text messages. Like I'm glad that she's amazing and she didn't have like <laughs> super mega boundaries. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like text messages at least three times a day of like I can't breathe, I am dying, this is it, and mm-hmm. everything. And I was able to have the tough conversation in the middle. Of of the interview and which for me was like three hours that we talked about it and I re-listened to the interview and it was just two minutes of conversation Mm -hmm. but it felt so big because of me saying something out loud and then that's what I'm reminding myself that even the trauma was the main part was like six months of my life Mm -hmm. but for a decade for over a decade I acted like that was my whole life right and it was the same as the interview I thought that it was the whole interview but it comes out that it was just two minutes over an hour of the interview that happened right so it's just reminding myself of all all of those things that we at at the moment when we're in the danger zone it feels like it's huge Mm -hmm. and that's why I try to tell people that don't understand anxiety but they have a loved one that suffers from it don't bring logic into the conversation yeah. no. logic is the last thing you want to bring because that even like it can even trigger us even more because somewhere deep inside we know that it's not a big deal but for us at the moment it feel like we can't breathe like this is happening right now and I need something soothing. So it's all about a structure and having people around you. Now, meditation for me, because I'm super hyped, a hyper, yeah. it doesn't work. I'm, I'm working on it. I mostly use it like before bed. I will mm-hmm. have some soothing music and things like that. But I think it's EFT tapping. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great uh, um, tool that Mm -hmm. I have used for myself um, to help me bring me back to change the way that I think.
1: Got it. Yeah. And I know
0: I have heard of EMDR, I think you said. Uh, Can you explain a little bit more on that one?
1: I don't use it, but I'm familiar with it. And some of my clients have worked with have done EMDR. And there's something very similar to EMDR called brain spotting that a lot of people who or that some people who do IFS also do that though usually it still leads to IFS in the end anyway um my understanding of it is that it's you're using eye position to to try to go to different places emotionally and so you'll have someone you know they'll follow a, a pointer or they'll follow a tracer and you're looking for where is someone looking and can we stay here if we stay here what happens here and it's using just kind of the eyes as a way to help people, in IFS we would say on blend where like that part of you that that feels so intense, can you realize that as a part of you and have it kind of sit next to you instead of taking you over? Okay. Because if it's if it sits next to you, then we can talk to it. We can say, well, why are you so nervous? What's going on? What's what's happening? And that's you know to go back to your self criticism piece. I really cannot overemphasize how how much our critics are trying to help us. And I say this as someone who almost died because of his critics. It's they see you in a a position or doing something often that from their point of view, from the trauma that they're stuck in, they think you're right back there and I have to save you. And it's, you know, working with them and, and realizing that good intention of, like, you know, so for me, it was like, you idiot, you never do something, right? If you do this, like you, you don't have any worth, but if you could achieve this, then maybe you wouldn't blah, 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 blah. But that certain parts of my life beforehand, I felt like I had to, I had to be as close to perfect as I could be. And that's all that critic was trying to help me do. Because if I wasn't perfect, then I felt like I was going to be abandoned by everyone. So this isn't just about me doing something small from that critic's point of view, it sees my connection to everyone is on the line. What is more important than that? I need to save you from making this mistake. And the way I'm going to do it is by being critical of you first. So that, because if you could fix yourself internally, then no one outside is going to reject you. So I just have to be hard on you internally. And that will make the outside world safer. Does it? Now, does it work perfectly? No, no, but its intention is good. And a lot of these critics even hate their jobs. And I've seen them turn turn into, like when we do go through a healing process, when we're able to work through this trauma, they'll sometimes turn into cheerleaders. They'll sometimes turn into like project managers who are like, hey, I know how to motivate Francie. I know how to get her going. And I'm going to push her towards the things that she really wants. And I'm going to you know, make sure she stays driven on it but i don't need to bring a whip i and i'm so glad i can now engage with her in this new way there's parts are not their jobs there's so much room for us to build compassion with the parts of ourselves that right now might be causing us pain just by realizing their good intent behind what they're doing
0: mm, it's so interesting because for me i look at it as emotions yeah you know so i i uh, um so, like, if anger shows up, I'm like, hey, what's up, anger? Yeah. It's been a minute. How yeah. you doing? So what, what's bothering you? Let, let's talk about it before we burn the world down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I love you uh, saying that. And the word intention, like when it comes to anything related to mental health, sadly, there has to be a lot of intention. hmm you cannot just say, oh, I feel depressed tomorrow, I'll feel better. Like right, it's it's right. not gonna work like that. I wish it was that simple, but you have to be so intentional with your pro um process of uh healing, right? Uh so I love uh you saying that um so so how does our self relationship define the way that we relate to with others
1: well i think it goes back to that point of you know if you want to be loved by others you have to be be seen publicly for who you are and you can't be seen publicly for who you are if you're hiding or wearing a mask and that you know because it's it's like i think so the two things i often see with people who struggle with what i'm referring to is Anxious insecurity of never feeling like they're enough. There's kind of two big emotional fireworks that are going off. The first is like a really intense, intense need to achieve. Because if I'm not enough, I just need to make myself enough. I just need to do this, do this, do this, and this. And it's very like all of that fear gets channeled into action to try to fix my flaws. However, no matter what we do, it never seems to work. Right? We 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 could achieve all the things in the world. We still feel will stand on top of a mountain and still feel the same void within because the problem isn't in our external world. It's, it's an internal problem. And if we don't have a way to solve that, well, then I need to hide. I can't let see anyone who I am in this, in this unlovable state that I'm at. So I have to, you know, some people will hide physically and they will withdraw from friends and family and social events, but a lot of us hide right in plain sight, we put on a mask. And the thing is that even if you make the perfect mask, the mask that gets all the love, all the attention, all the likes on social media, the that people talk about how great you are, if that isn't you, you just feel even more alone. Because it's not you getting the love, it's the mask getting the love. And what is this then? just more proof that who I am isn't enough, but this person would be. And so it's, Getting to the roots of all of this and looking for the main sources of that self-rejection. Well, why do I feel like I'm not enough? When did I get that messaging? How did that messaging come through? How can I be there for myself? You know, so if there was like my eight-year-old self experienced something, how can I be there now for my eight-year-old self to help him in which he really needs someone to do something back then? And if I can do that, A lot of those other parts, like that anger and that self-criticism, are like, well, if if that eight-year-old's okay, then I can relax too. And so it allows us to get calmer. It allows us to feel more secure. And I think that gives us confidence. I think we have this idea that confidence comes from just courage, of like, you know, I need to just push harder and do the thing even if it scares me, and that's true. Courage is really, really important. But to do that every single day for the rest of your life, requires too much energy we need to do something that's more efficient and i think having if you can calm that fire of self-rejection well then confidence is just here because it's okay if someone tells me something it's okay if i get rejected by this group of people because well that's just okay there's nothing really at risk here i'm not missing anything i still will always it will still hurt me i'll still be sad if i get rejected i'm still human i still want external connection but there's a difference between wanting it and needing it and i think having like you know if love is a cup the way i look at it is i i think having a healthy relationship allows us to fill our own cup halfway and that second half is for others, but then we can be really picky about who we engage with and how we connect with them to fill the rest of that cup instead of feeling desperate for thirst and just taking water from anyone, even if that water is poison, because we're just so thirsty for love.
0: Wow that's gonna get me so emotional (laughs) (laughs) because oh when you it's so true when you don't like i'm here soothing my heart because like i felt that one (laughs)
1: yeah
0: when you don't love yourself like you might see a stranger and be like oh my gosh but i just want to be your friend like like me and this and that (laughs) and when you do love yourself when that person uh, doesn't like you or whatever, you're like, oh, well, it's your loss. I'm really amazing. <laughs> but if you don't want to be my friend, that's okay. Yeah. So like, wow, I can relate to that. <laughs> um. Okay, so we have talked about all that works. But what mm-hmm. is a popular advice or intention that doesn't work? Intervention. Ooh,
1: doesn't oh, work. so many. <laughs> oh, so many. Well, first, I think something that you've touched on even is th- This isn't just positive thinking. Like this isn't like, you know. I love like to me, self love is not. It's not writing a blank check to yourself. Like that is not love. That is just, just that's creating a fantasy. Like oh, I'm so amazing. I'm so perfect. I'm so wonderful. And you know, I'm just blah 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 blah. Like just all these feel good things that don't reflect truth. And for me, love needs demands truth. And I I love, you know, so self-compassion, Kristen Neff is by far one of, is quite possibly the world's foremost researcher in self-compassion. And I love her book, Self-Compassion, also titled that. And she, one of her main points is that we're all imperfect. You know, this is something that comes, especially has long been known in Buddhist traditions, is it's not about being amazing. It's about realizing I am an imperfect human, just like everyone else. I'm still deserving of love, just like everyone else. And realizing it's not about writing a blank check and like just brushing off the past and acting like we haven't made mistakes and that we have, and there's not things we need to apologize for and there's not issues we have to solve. It's really about owning all of it Being like, yeah, let's really acknowledge your imperfection. Let's see all the things, the skeletons in your closet, the warts that you're carrying. And how can we show love to these things? What are loving ways that we can start addressing these problems in your life? And that's what makes it hard. It's not about escaping the truth. It's about confronting it in a loving way. And that's hard if that's not what you're used to. I mean, it took me a long time to figure that out. I actually had to imagine like an external voice of, like I had to create a model for me of like imagining someone who could see me, this almost imaginary person, like a a version of myself or someone who could see me from a place of unconditional love where they would just want the best for me. And I would kind of ask myself, well, what, what advice would they give me right now? And that allowed me to get outside of my own head and look at it from a different point of view. Well, they would probably say that you should do X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, well, let me try that. I don't think discipline and the whip and being harsh on ourselves and setting strict schedules and, you know, it's that's kind of that old school critic mentality of, well, if I was just harder on myself, I would turn into a better person. And that does not work.
0: (laughs) Not at all.
1: (laughs) So there's other things too. There's things like, I think the only other really, I mean, there's so many, but another big thing is that belief of if I make this one hack, this one life change, if I start taking, I work with a lot of guys. So it's like, if I start taking cold showers or if I adopt this sleep schedule, or if I go to the gym and do this, like, you know, I've worked with athletes. If you get to the place where you can bench, you know, 200, 250 pounds and squat like 400 pounds. Great. But if you haven't addressed these problems, all that means is that you're someone who's very insecure, who can bench 250 and squat 400. like. <laughs> Like cool, like I'm sure it's helped to some degree, but the problem's not solved, and so I think we try to come up with a lot of ways to avoid trying to address the problem, and just that would be the next big thing. Is if you have internal problems, require internal solutions, and that has to be recognized.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Uh, Anything else that you would like or my listeners to know?
1: This is just this is a it's okay for this to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. I, you know, I I think one of the first things I learned in this work was that the brain really isn't great at knowing what's good for us. What it's really good at doing is knowing what's different. So, like for example, let's say that you had a, a bad diet and you wanted to change it. And you start eating all this new food, your brain's gonna be like, oh my God, this takes so much. We have to like think of new things. We have to think of new things to cook. We have to think of new things to buy. This food tastes different. Like, there's all these alarms going off of like, hey, hey, what is this? When really you're making a decision that's for your good. Like, I think your brain, our brains aren't really built perfectly to be, to say, oh, well, clearly this is better for me to eat. Therefore, I will enjoy this more. Like, it should feel uncomfortable because that lets you know you're doing something different. Because if, if it feels like the same thing, if you feel comfortable make, trying to make a huge switch like this, then that to me says somehow you're actually not making a change because this should require work for me, this felt like I had to relearn how to walk. That sucked. I mean, it took a few, it only took a few weeks or months to really like get, you know, get the new way going, but I needed to have that time of difficulty. So don't view that as a sign that you're doing this wrong or a sign that you don't know how to be good to yourself or a sign that that this is a bad move and you should stop and just go back to how things work. Take this as an invitation to say, wow, yeah, I really am trying to do something different. Cool. Are there any ways I can make that easier on myself? Is there any friction here that's fighting against the changes I want to make? Can I work on that? Like something that we do is let's say if you come to me and say, I really want to become heal my relationship with myself. The first thing I'm going to ask you when we actually dive into the work is, well, who doesn't want this? What parts of you really want to stay self-critical and feel like they need to be? That's what I want to work with, because if we can get them to relax, then you'll launch for their head instead of pressing the gas and the brake on the car at the same time. So that's what I would add.
0: Nice. I love that. So where can my uh, listeners find you?
1: My website. Uh, I. website. I'm not a big on social media. I've never, me trying to have a good relationship with self media, social media is like me trying to have a good relationship with crack. I just don't think <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah,
1: don't think it's going to happen. So uh, my website, com. I assume maybe a link will be in the notes. Yes. To it. Go there. I have a form. You can contact me and you can there's lots of other information there and resources and books I recommend and uh you know information on my different modalities, information on IFS. So yeah, please drop me a line, check it out. I'd love to hear from you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show and sharing your wisdom with us.
1: <laughs> thank you for having me, Francie. It was a pleasure.
0: Uh Well, you can find my, you will find his website and everything on my show notes and uh my podcast is an all major platform as well as YouTube. So you know the drill, follow and like, subscribe, wherever the, <laughs> it depends on the app. <laughs> Hope you have a blessed day. Uh.